Look in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. I will say that I did listen to Abe's competition one day for some reason. Now, let me finish. And I had just thought, I'm so glad I don't listen to that station. And uh, whether you realize it or not, I've told Abe he is a fine DJ. And uh, he's a fine worship leader. And uh, so I listen to that station if I do listen to country, which is every day of my life. All I can think about when Brad was talking about that, there was a song put out by Aaron, I don't remember his name, but Having a Beer with Jesus. Remember, that's Thomas Rhett. <laughs> God. And they make fun of rock and rollers. Okay. First, how can, how can we go to all that to this? But we can't. I read devotionals every day, and I have a certain devotional that, that is my favorite. And the church devotional, then I have Brenda Kuhneman's. And... Um, as I was reading, devo- I, uh, reading devotions, I take notes every day, things that jump out at me. And uh, so I want to read this passage of Scripture, and I'll, I'll give you a, uh, what I was, how I believe the Spirit of God ministered to me that was so important. I want to read it first out of the Amplified, and it's 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind, united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate, courteous, tender-hearted, and humble. Never return evil for evil or insult for insult, scolding, tongue-lashing, berating, but on the contrary, blessing. Everyone say blessing. Praying for their welfare, happiness, and protection, truly pitying and loving them. For know that to this you have been called, that you may yourselves inherit a blessing from God, that you may obtain a blessing as heirs, bringing welfare and happiness and protection. For let him who wants to enjoy life, how many of you want to enjoy life, and see good days, how many of you want to see good days, whether apparent or not, keep his tongue free from evil, and his lips from guile, treachery, deceit. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. Let him search for peace. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow man and with yourself, but pursue, go after them. In other words, we're to pursue peace. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and those who are upright and in right standing with God and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil to oppose them, to frustrate and defeat them. The Message Bible says, whoever wants to embrace life and see the day filled up with good, here's what you do, say nothing evil or hurtful. Say nothing evil or hurtful, snub evil, cultivate good, run after peace for all your worth. God looks on this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. Now, this is the, the central truth, and if you leave with anything, if you want to take some notes today and you write this down, this would be a good thing to write down. 
a critical or complaining tongue blocks God's blessings in your life. A critical or complaining tongue blocks the flow of God's blessings in your life. And I wrote that down, and, and it wasn't like that because I added to it, but it basically was a, a complaining tongue. And, tongue, and you, you know, a critical tongue, complaining tongue, they're about the same. And we're talking about the blessings of God in your life this year. And so we need to remind ourselves that our tongue can block the flow of God's blessings. Now, I know that there's no one here in this room has ever complained about anything. Let me see the hands of anyone here that never has complained about anything. We're all guilty of it, aren't we? And uh, this is what I want to talk about today. And and I want to look at this four specific scriptures. And we'll probably go into this next week to in, into more depth. But I want to uh, lay a foundation and I want to talk about this complaining tongue. Complain means or is defined as the act of fault-finding with or disapproving of a person or a thing. The act of finding fault with someone or something. It's dwelling upon the perceived faults of another with no view to their good. Dwelling upon the perceived faults of another with no view to their own good. Now, I want you to understand, there is nothing wrong with constructive criticism. Amen? So don't take it wrong, take it that you can't be critical. If there's something wrong, you know, we need to have some constructive criticism about our leadership in our Washington, D.C. But a lot of times it goes on past that. And... Uh, that's why Dr. Ben Carson is so popular, because of his tongue. You don't hear a lot him say a lot of things that the other ones will say, and there's, there's other good ones too. So, you know, it's finding fault with somebody or something. And it, the, the Greek word, <clears throat> and if you look this up, um, instead of the word complain or grumble, it's the word murmur. Everyone say murmur. And I'm going to try to pronounce this, and then I'm going to ask you what it sounds like. It's gong gizmas. Gong gizmas. What's that sound like? Gibberish, yeah. Bzzz. Okay, I'll emphasize that. What's that sound like? Huh? Buzz of what, do you think? What would bees? Sounds like the buzzing of bees. And that's what people that grumble and complain and murmur. Isn't that annoying? Have you ever been around bees before? Or heard a swarm of bees? So look at Philippians chapter 2. And there are four scriptures in the New Testament where this word is used. This Greek word, Philippians chapter 2, and verse 12. 
Remember, our central truth is a critical or complaining tongue blocks the flow of God's blessings. So if you're not seeing a flow of God's blessings in your life, maybe it's because you whine and complain a lot. This applies to all. Listen, we're all guilty of it. I'm standing here. I've complained. You know, we heard our, our associate minister here today complain about country music. So, I mean, you're, you know, what, what can I say? We all do it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, what's verse 14 in your Bible say? Do some things... Do all things without... Now, the the New King James uses the word complaining. Do all things without grumbling, murmuring, and disputing. Do all things, not some things, but everything you do in life, every day, whatever you do, don't whine, complain, and grumble. How many have ever... No, don't raise your hands. How many have ever complained about your employer? Uh, I, I, how many have ever complained about your preacher? <laughs> how many have ever complained about teachers? Coach. Oh, oh God. I'm holding on. Coaches. How many have ever complained and whined about coaches? Listen, there's. we're all giggling and laughing and it's a good thing we started the service that way because you know we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of it but he says in the amplified it says do all things without grumbling and fault finding and plaining and complaining against god the message bible says do everything readily and cheerfully i have failed there No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world, uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. So it says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Are we in the midst? Oh, yes, of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you shine as what? Lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain or labored in vain. Matthew Henry says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is his quote. It concerns us above all things to secure the welfare of our souls. Whatever becomes of other things, let us take care of our best interest. It is Our own salvation. Now listen, it is not for us to judge other people. We have enough to do to look to ourselves. A murmuring, fault-finding, complaining tongue is not a good witness to the world, number one. So in this scripture, this is what I want you to get out of it. If you whine and complain at your place of employment... You whine about your your boss. You whine about your salary. You whine about what you have, what you don't have. 
you complain about it, you find fault with people, it'll stop the flow of blessings in your life. And by all means, who would ever want to listen to you share about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? The Living Bible says, in everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing. Let me tell you something, folks. That's the norm for the world today. Complaining and arguing. And there are, it's a spirit, it's a demonic thing. It's what's been released on this earth today. The spirit of the Antichrist. Listen, listen to the debates. It's just all this rancor and all this back and forth. And, you know, finally they had a decent one. When I listened to the Fox network, they had something that had some more substance than the other ones. But coming against one another, it's, it's, in, it's the spirit. It's what's going on right now, grumbling and complaining and sowing seeds for strife and dissension. The Living Bible says, in everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing so that you no one can speak a word of blame against you. In other words, if you don't complain on the job where you work, that's a testimony. People are going to see that because all they're used to is people complaining about this and whining about this. This, we got to listen to country. We got to listen to rock and roll. You are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world. Boy, and it is a dark world. Full of people who are crooked and stubborn. Shine out among them like beacon lights, holding out to them the word of life. That's why the scripture says in Colossians 4, verse 5, it says, Walk in wisdom, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so you know, you know how to answer every man. So... The first thing you need to understand, it stops the flow of blessing, but it also affects your witness. Look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And verse 7. I'm giving you a number of translations today because sometimes it just brings out a different meaning. meaning. It says in verse 7, but the end of all things is at, at hand. Boy, they said that over 2,000 years ago. But could you say that applied to us? I, I really believe so. But the end of the things is at hand, of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Whining and complaining, grumbling and murmuring, murmuring does not cover sin. It exposes it. When you complain and fault fine and, and you're critical of someone and you're exposing someone else's sin. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Practice hospitality to one another, those of the household of faith. 
Be hospitable. Be a lover of strangers with brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way who are of Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially, and graciously without complaining, but as representing him. So here in First Peter 4, we have an exhortation to pray, to, to love each other unconditionally, to be hospitable, and then to use our gifts and our talents. A strong prayer life and a strong love walk. Now listen. A strong prayer life and a strong, lo- strong love walk will result in being hospitable to others without complaining. God expects us, his kids, his children, to be a good witness, but then we, we're to be hospitable to one another. Hospitality. I think the church has lost this, this ability to be hospitable, to show hospitality to each other and especially to the world. Because if you're constantly complaining and whining and using this little member right here to be critical of something, you know, what did Martha catch? Did she catch it, Martha? What was she all consumed with? She was, did she complain? Now, granted, I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm on Martha's side because she was just functioning in her gifts. She was a helps minister. She was serving. She had a gift of serving. But she complained about her sister not doing anything but sitting there listening to the word. That's why you need a strong prayer life. That's why you need to walk in love because that will, will help you and I keep our tongue in check. And we, we won't readily so complain and grumble about others. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, so let each one give as she or purposes, as she, he or she purposes in his, his or her heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm thankful I don't have a people that whine and complain when it comes to offering time. You're to be commended. This is, this is a special group of people, whether you realize it or not, there is an anointing and there's a, a blessing on this church. So when you can raise $6,000 for a missionary, amen, and you can raise money for a family, over $2,000 to help a family in the church, that says a lot. But then there are people that got to get their billfold out, and then, then they complain, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I should tithe, and oh, boy. And they wonder why they're not blessed. They wonder why they're not being blessed. Look at John 7. Third one. Listen, when we whine, grumble, and complain, it stops the, the flow of God's blessings in our life. John chapter 7 and verse 10. This happened to the Lord Jesus continually, not only from outsiders, but from insiders, his own family. It says, but when his brothers had gone up, they also went up to the feast, not openly, but Jesus also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? Now look at verse 12. And there was much what? Complaining, murmuring among the people concerning him. Some said he's good. Others said no. 
On the contrary, he deceives the people. Look at verse 43. Here again, it starts in verse 40 about questioning who is he. And it says in verse 43, in my Bible, it says, so there was a what? There was a what? A division among the people because of him or because of the word. Persecution arises for the word's sake. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. The Message Bible says there was a lot of contentious talk about him. Circulating through the crowd. Some were saying, he's a good man, but others said not so. He's selling snake oil. This kind of talk went on in guarded whispers. Remember, that's what it is, guarded whispers, because of the intimidating Jewish leaders. Now listen, a complaining, critical, murmuring, grumbling tongue creates division. It creates division. Say that with me. A complaining... Critical, grumbling, murmuring tongue creates division. That's why in the church, and there are all kinds of people. There are all kinds of people, and we need to recognize that. Everyone here is different. This preacher is different from other preachers. There's no doubt about it. There's only one me. And just thank God there's only one me. We're all different. Not everybody likes me. They've come to church here and they've left. Not everybody likes my wife. They've come to church here. They've left. Not everybody has liked certain people in the church. They have problems. They leave. And I, out of my devotional here, <clears throat> I call it my favorite devotional because it's the anointed one this year. You don't have this one. I've got it. But Brenda Kuhneman says, from Romans 12, 8, it says, If it is possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. She says, one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ is that we're all different. Some like country. Some like rock and roll. I think that's a song somewhere down the line. I like classical music. I really do. My family doesn't, but I do. Nobody here does it. I'm kidding. I think country and rock's better than classical. It reflects an actual physical body with different parts, shapes, and functions, talking about the body of Christ. However, as different parts of Christ's body, sometimes we don't always see eye to eye or appreciate the importance of the other parts of the body. Due to so many factors, we can all have a different approach to ministry, church, scripture, and even prayer. Some pray loudly while others more quiet. Belts and I pray loud. We always have, haven't we? It's just the way we pray. Some preach in a mild-mannered way while others shout. I'm kind of in the middle. In any given setting, factors such as these can cause us to misunderstand one another or not appreciate one another's value. Now, she says, instead of being critical, choose to be a bridge. We can be a bridge by realizing that while someone may not be our personal flavor, they may be the right flavor for someone else. I was, I was on my way to church today, and here came this car speeding by, and they were all dressed up. And I thought they're going to church. 
you know. And I, it just crossed my mind. Not everybody's speeding by to go to Harvest Church. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can be a bridge by focusing on the areas where we are similar instead of different. I've got a friend that's been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and I've been ministering to this guy and, and seeing him, calling him, and going to his door every week. And we were sitting this week, and we sat down, and he looked at me, and he says, your church speaks in tongues. I said, we sure do. And it didn't seem to shock him, and, and he listens to Joyce Meyer. She speaks in tongues. Well, he goes to a Lutheran church. They don't speak in tongues at a Lutheran church. It didn't seem to make any difference to him. Why? Because of my love and compassion and genuine concern for this man and his condition doesn't make any difference whether I speak in tongues or not. So I'm able to build a bridge and minister to him. We can be a bridge by focusing on the areas where we're similar instead of different. We can also be a bridge by not overemphasizing our differences and blowing them out of proportion. Well, we speak in tongues. You know, we do this and we do that. The key is we need to live in peace where we're able and know that this endeavor has great benefits for all the body of Christ. Always remember you're a bridge. Always remember you're a bridge. I had one somebody years and years ago when I was young and 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 in a lot of respects arrogant. We all have areas. And this older gentleman took me aside and he said, "You know, Mike, he says, don't ever burn your bridges cuz someday you might have to cross over them again." And I never forgot that. How do we burn our bridges? Why whining and complaining and grumbling. But we need to be peacemakers. One more. Look at um, Acts chapter 6. Last one. A whining, complaining, critical, murmuring, grumbling tongue blocks the flow of blessing in your life. There's nothing wrong with going to God and just bearing your heart to him. We're going to look next week at the children of Israel because they were masters at complaining. This is kind of, we're kind of taking a negative approach today, but we'll get into the positive side, but... Acts chapter 6, 1, it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, what's that mean? Things were happening. happening. There was growth. There what? There what? Arose a complaint. And instantly my mind went to the scripture in Mark. There arose a tempest or a windstorm. There arose a phone going off. <laughs> there arose a windstorm. And when you see this word arose, it's like out of nowhere came this wind. Out of nowhere came this storm. Well, here in Acts chapter 6, all of a sudden, because there were two factions in the church, the Greek-speaking Jews and the other group, the Hebrews, 
and there was a faction, and there was division because there was a murmuring. It says there arose a complaint, or there arose a murmuring. This wasn't just an all-out open war, but it happened behind closed doors. It started out with a little murmur. Boy, there'd be a lot of pastors that'd love to have me preach this message today. It started out as a little murmur. And that's how Satan, he, he works. That's his M.O. He'll use people's tongues. They start complaining and murmuring. Well, I, I just don't understand why pastor's doing this. I just don't understand why we're not doing this. And I don't understand why he thinks it should be this way. And I don't understand why their leaders are doing this. And, and if we, I'm not going to have to turn there, but we'll look at this next week. And it talks about the ch- children of Israel. You know where they murmured and grumbled and complained? their tents, in their homes, starts behind closed doors. It happened when the church started growing. A critical complaining tongue stops the flow of blessing. Say that with me. A critical complaining tongue stops the flow of blessing in your life, okay? A murmuring, fault-finding, complaining tongue is not a good witness to the world. I could help you out on your country thing. You want me to help you out with your, your key people work with you that like country? I've had construction people doing roofs in our neighborhood blaring their radio so loud I could hear it down the block. And I think my heart goes out because they work hard. They deserve. But listen, if you're that radio screaming, whether it's country or rock and roll or whatever it is, sometimes it's not a good witness. Listen, not all country music. You're a spirit-filled DJ, but you can tell me right now, and you don't have to say. You just wink. Not every country song glorifies Jesus. Because when you're in a truck on a back country road and you got your dip cup and you got your your tailgate down and you're out in the back of the pickup looking up at the stars and you're kissing your honey and on and that's basically it's the world. A complaining tongue does not promote a spirit of hospitality. Well, I don't know why we got to have them over. I don't know why we're doing this. And I don't want to. Is that hospitality? Mm-mm. A complaining tongue creates division. A murmuring, complaining tongue is a tool of the enemy to stop a move of God. I want everyone to do this with me. Raise your hands before God and say, I'm guilty. We're all guilty. So let's stand our feet today.